us today, uh, this glorious Sunday. Today is uh, May 24th of 2020. You know, KM actually celebrate, we will celebrate this morning for our 16th uh, year's anniversary, church anniversary. Very, uh, yeah, praise God for, you know, he's, he's been very faithful for the past 16 years, and God is faithful for all of us, right, for our EM as well. Uh, I'm going to read the passage wherever you are. Can you stand? I'm going to read the passage from Colossians chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 8. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among, the, among you since the day you heard it truly understood God's grace. You learn it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. This is what you may be seated. Many years ago, uh, I had a chance to visit uh, churches in Pakistan. They were uh, preparing and they were throwing actually a big rally, and they invited me as a guest speaker. And uh, every time I visit you know, churches like that, churches having a faith under the persecution, especially churches like Pakistan and Afghanistan, and those uh, countries, uh, I learned more. I gave more than I actually gave. And I remember this particular uh, uh, meeting. Uh, they were having the rally outside of the building, and about 700 people gathered. And uh, when I check uh, every corner, there were young men on the top of the roof, and they were carrying their rifles. And I, so I asked the pastor, uh, who are they? And and pastor told me, they are our uh, brothers. Uh, try to protect this meeting. Uh, because, you know, many incidents can happen, right? Those kind of places. They were ex- uh, worried that extreme Muslim can throw the bomb or, you know, harm the meeting. So they were actually protecting uh, uh, the meeting with, with the, you know, rifles and guns. And I got a little scared. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, you know, this is an interesting meeting. But the praise, when the praise began, I mean, it just was so good. I mean, it was really in the spirit. I, I could really worship God together with, in spirit. And I asked the pastor again, but how come we're meeting here? I mean, don't you guys have a bigger place in, inside the church? And the pastor was actually telling, uh, telling me, uh, Pastor Ken, uh, we're actually intentionally doing this outside of the you know, building. So when we have a meeting like this uh, with the loudspeakers, uh, Muslim brothers and sisters live nearby. They can hear our praise and hear your message. I was like, 
oh, really? <laughs> you know, I got more, more pressure. And I began to pray. And I checked my sermon note. Whenever I visit those kind of places, I have my, you know, like, sermon ready. Uh, but when I look, I felt kind of shame. I mean, can I really share this message to these people? I mean, it seems like they have more faith than I do. And I really couldn't really took that message up to the podium because I felt like the message was too fancy. Uh, I felt like it's not really essential message for our brother, sister in Christ, especially those people who are going through difficulties. So I went up without note, and I actually began to preach about Jesus, who Jesus is, the Jesus who impacted my life, what Christ has done on the cross, the, the, the blood of Christ, you know, the, the essential message to uh, the brothers and sisters in, in Christ in the uh, Church of Pakistan. And uh, that's the one of the reasons that I chose this book of Colossians. Uh, starting from today, I'm going to study a book of Colossians. Every book from Genesis to Revelation talks about Jesus Christ, right? But uh, this particular book, Colossians, uh, this book talks about the supremacy of Jesus Christ. So I, I want to really spend, uh, I don't know how long, maybe three months from now, I want to talk about Jesus. As we go through this COVID, uh, pandemic COVID-19, I think all of us probably have thought about you know, life and death. Whether you are rich or poor, educated or uneducated, you know, young or old, we actually ponder upon, you know, this issue. What is life? What's really important, right? And uh, what is really important? I would say Jesus Christ is more, more important than anything else. And that's why I want to, uh, uh, as you go through this, you know, time of pandemic, I want to really focus or meditate more of Jesus Christ. Uh, the key, the theme of this the book of Colossians is, Fullness of Jesus Christ. Fullness of Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, we see fullness of God. That is a doctrinal statement. But the personal application of that doctrine is that we have been given the fullness of Christ. So the key message, the key uh, passage for this whole book of Colossians is, uh, I would say, Colossians 2, 9, and 10. For in Christ... All the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. When you see Jesus, you see God. And you have been given fullness in Christ. And when you look at yourself, when we look at ourselves, if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you see the fullness of Christ. What does it mean to experience God's fullness? How do you know when you are full of God, what are the marks of spiritual fullness? I want to share three marks of spiritual fullness today. First mark is, actually I want to say at front, faith, love, hope. Three things, right? It's going to be eternal. And I want to talk about faith first. Faith, 
Verse 1 and 4, because we have heard your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. We heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. First mark of spiritual fullness is having genuine faith in Jesus Christ. But what is the faith? Faith is not just believing facts about Jesus Christ, but it is rather trusting him. It is possible to have faith to the historical facts about Jesus Christ without truly trusting him. Does it make sense? You can believe he was born of Virgin Mary. He lived sinless life. He died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. Yet, you still not may possess the saving faith. It is like you, you, you can say, I believe in Abraham Lincoln. He was a great president. Was it 16th president, right? But you don't trust him, right? You believe the fact about him, but you don't really trust him. It's not a question of whether you have faith, because every one of us have faith. You know, you have faith. I have faith. Every one of us have faith. When you buy anything through online shopping, you have faith, right? That's why you get Give, give them your credit card you know, information, right? When you buy this product, they will deliver to your door a certain time. You have faith, right? That's why you do it. The question is, in what or whom do you place your faith? Ultimate faith. That is important, right? The object of your faith is more important than quality of faith. Therefore, you don't Need a big faith. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I noticed that nobody has big faith. What you need is small, little faith, maybe little, tiny faith, yet to be God. Have a little faith to be God. That's what we need. Colossians teaches that Jesus Christ is God. Did you know that? Colossians talks about Jesus is God, and he alone should be the object of our faith. Colossians uh, 1920, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself all things by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It is not faith in faith. It's not faith in the church. It's not the faith, even faith in the Christianity that will make a difference. It is the faith in Jesus Christ that will change your life and your destiny. Even a tiny amount of faith in him is more than sufficient. Jesus said, if you have faith size of mustard seed, you can live with mountain, right? Faith is not just believing fact about Jesus, but trusting him. Trusting him. You know, kids do trust their dads. I remember when my son Timothy was little, he he climbed up to, you know, like couches and kind of high place, and he, he jumped to me. Dad, catch me! <laughs> you know, he, he fly, right? Then I, I, I'm good at catching the stuff, you know, like I'm good at catching, but what if I miss him? He can, you know, like drop, maybe get injured, right? But why did he do that? Because he trusts me. He trusts that I'm his father. But our physical father may fail. Oop! Oh, I'm sorry. Oops. You know, we can bear, right? But our Heavenly Father is whom we can trust. 
He never failed. That's the first mark of spirituality, spiritual fullness. And second mark is the love. Colossians 1.4, same passage. Because we have heard your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all saints. In New Testament, uh, all Christians, Christians are called saints. And you don't have to die and be canonized by Pope to be saint. Every believer is a saint. And you are saint. Did you know the term the saint was never used individually? It's not Saint Janet, but entire congregation, entire community, church community. So if you have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are among the saints. Do you know this song? Oh, when the saints go marching in. You know the song, right? Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, how I love in that number. When the saints go marching in. I love the song. Somehow it gives me the, the visualization. I'm entering into the kingdom of God with, among the, you know, the saints. I'm happy the fact that I'm the, one of the members of God's family. I'm grateful for the fact that God called me to be his family members. There's a beauty of a community. Uh, though we are not perfect, if we love one another and build a loving community, God will be glorified. Amen. Therefore, the church is a place where you practice love. How can we do that? By spending time together. But which we have is hard time. I mean, it's hard, difficult for us to have spend time together, right? Due to the COVID-19. But when this is over, soon it's going to be over, right? We'll stimulate one another, challenge one another to meet at the church or you know, any other places to have fellowship in Christ. You've probably heard the story. There was a young man who fell in love with this lady, but he was so shy, he couldn't talk to her in person. So she, he began to write a letter every day, Monday through Saturday, sometimes three times a day. He wrote 700 letters. You know what happened? This lady fell in love with a mailman. Because, he, you know, it's important for you to meet in a person. You know, sending, you know, like hiding, doesn't work. You got to spend the time together, person to person, which is difficult now, but we'll soon do that, right? I really expect, you know, uh, church will be more vital after this uh, pandemic because we learn what's really important. The fellowship among saints is so, so vital, so important. Anyway, verse 1 and 8 says, and who also told us your love in, in, the, in the spirit? It, it, is, it was their reputation. Paul never visited the place of you know, Colossae. He never met them, Colossians, but he heard about them. It was their reputation. Don't you want to have that kind of reputation? You know what, THMC, uh, EM, they're, not, they're, they're okay. They're, you know, they're, they're not really... They're, you know, okay, but you know what? They're so loving people. There's no perfect church, right? I always say, you know, if you find one perfect, don't ever visit there because as soon as you step in the church, the church is no longer be perfect because of you, because we're not perfect, right? So don't go there. 
There's no perfect church. But we want to, like, you know, try to be the community where experience the love of God and practice love to one another. In order for us to have that kind of reputation, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the spirit of the fruit of the Spirit, the first fruit of the Spirit, primary spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is the love. Colossians 5, 22 through 23, right? But what is love? I use this passage, you know, whenever I officiate the wedding. Uh, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It, it is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily anger. It keeps no record of wrong. Oh, that's hard part, right? <laughs> it keeps no record of wrong. We love to keep the record, right? But that's what love is. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecy, there will cease. Where there are tongues, there will be still. Where there is knowledge, it's passed away. But love is eternal, right? But when you hear this kind of word, you may get, get frustrated because my goodness, do I really have to love everyone with this kind of characters? This kind of attitude? It's hard, right? Especially those unlovely people. I mean, I don't mind to love my friends, close friends, but those people really bugging us or bugging me, bugging you. But there's a secret. If we try, you will fail. But if we... If you, if you let Jesus love them through you, it is possible. Personally, I experience a lot. You know, I start the day with that attitude. Lord, I will meet so-and-so today. Uh, I love them, but I don't want to love them with my own strength. I, I want you to step in. I want you to show your love through me. So much easier. So that was the second uh, mark of spiritual fullness. And third and last is the hope. This is the hope of, sure hope of heaven. I want to say that. Sure hope of heaven. Uh, Colossians 1.5. The faith and love that spring from the hope. You see? It's spring, it's a, hope is actually generates love and, and faith. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel. According to the verse, hope that generates love and faith. And it says, hope is stored up in heaven. It, it, actually, when you look at the Greek, it's the word that means to store in a safe place. It's the same word Jesus used uh, when he spoke about the laying up treasures in heaven in Matthew 6, 19, and 21. Our hope is secure. Our hope is eternal. Our English word hope doesn't capture the power of the word in the Bible. We used to hope like in sentence like, I hope none of us get infected by coronavirus. I hope Lakers win. Though Reverend James is getting old and they cannot play due to the COVID-19. But we, you know, we hope that. I hope that. Uh, I hope we can get back to normal life soon. We hope for a lot of things. But the Bible word for hope in Greek is 
LPs means to have absolute assurance of promise being fulfilled. That's what hope is. Absolute assurance of a promise being fulfilled. Hope has to do with certainty. Hope has to do with assurance. Therefore, hope is knowing and assuring that Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in you. If you give your life to Christ, he lives in you. And he is our hope. So if I ask you, uh, if we die today, do you know for sure you will go to heaven? What would you say? I don't want you to say, oh, I hope so. <laughs> you know, someone asking me that question, I would say, I know so. It's not, I'm sure, I'm certain. Why is that? Because, you know, because of what I have done. No, it's not that. I mean, why I could, reason I could say that is because Jesus is my hope. Because he is seated in the he- heaven at the right side of God, hands of God, and my hope is right away safely in heaven. If I trust my own goodness or my own, good, own works to get me to heaven, then there's no hope for me. Zero, nothing. But if I'm trusting Jesus alone for salvation, he alone is my hope. Colossians 1.27 says, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? People have fears, so much fears. And, but we, as a Christian, we don't have to have fears because our future is secure in Jesus Christ. We have hope. We have assurance because Jesus Christ is our hope. Do you know what else is good about this good news? It is for all people. It is all people. Not only you, not only me, it's all people. This good news is for the whole world. On the night Jesus was born, the angel of told the shepherd, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall for all people in Luke chapter 2.10. Therefore, we have to tell our friends who have lots of fears as you go through this COVID-19. Hey, friend, there's a hope, hope in Jesus. I think this is a perfect opportunity for us to share our faith to others. You and I, not much difference. We're all sinners. We're broken. But we, there's a hope. And pointing our finger to Jesus. Let me conclude my message today. The secret, of, secret to fruitful Christian life is found in living the overflow an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you need a faith? He, Jesus gives us faith as an overflow of Knowing him. Do you need help in loving others, uh, unlovely people? It is his love flowing out of us that splash on those around us. Do you need hope? It comes when we realize Christ is in us. And the overflow of his life gives us absolute assurance of heaven. I want to end this message illustration and just can help uh, maybe can you hold this for now I will show you uh, let's say this is our life this cup we're containing a lot of things 
we have like hurts, like you know, like anger, <laughs> anger and like bitterness, like rage, like guilt. Uh, give me some more. <laughs> Eh? Hatred and what, what, what else? Jealousy and all kind of, you know, stuff. But when you see ourselves like transparent like this, you're like, wow, that's, I mean, you know that. I mean, I know how awful I can be, how awful I am. But people may not see me because I'm not that transparent. I'm kind of covered, right? But when you truly see, God sees us like this, right? That's awesome. This is Jesus Christ. When he, put, when he gives us grace, still there's bitterness, still jealousy. We have thanksgiving. We praise God. We're, we're, like, we're overwhelmed by it. You know, we have an attitude of gratitude. Wow. We have joy. But it's not complete joy. It's coexistence with other stuff. But what if Jesus Christ is overflowing us? What's going to happen? Oh, thank you. <laughs> great, great help. <laughs> so key is Jesus Christ. Key is that he is filling us with his spirit. It's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. You know, I thought about this phrase. And I, actually, I am uh, uh, trying to actually write a book on, uh, on this topic. And they kept actually coming into my heart. So I want to share with you. The title of this book is, It is Okay Not to Be Okay. You know, you are not okay. I'm not okay. But it is okay. Why? We have Jesus Christ. And when you have that thought in your mind, you, can, you experience freedom. We try to please others. But so hard. That's why we perform. Even spirituality, we do that. You don't, you don't have to be okay because you have Christ in you. That is, I think that's, that's the gospel message. So powerful message. Uh, he's the answer. So better than look at yourself, look up and focus your eyes on Jesus. He's going to make you strong, strong, strong because he's in you. He gave you faith. It's not really faith. You created it. It was him who gave you faith. Right? And love. The ability to love others and hope that we have heaven. What if we die due to the pandemic? It's okay. We're going to heaven, right? Amen, right?